Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's Oscars week! That's right, where the great and the good of Hollywood usually get together... I don't know what their plans are this year with uh, fun COVID restrictions, but uh, the Oscars are still happening a little bit later than usual. And as always, we mark Oscars week by watching the previous year's best picture winner, which was Parasite. Yes, Parasite. Uh, Very excitingly, the first uh, foreign language film to win best picture at the Academy Awards. Um, took, Took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, a couple of other people, it didn't take by surprise, uh, and we're going to introduce you to one of them very shortly. As always, uh, we have two guests, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Georgia Smith! Hello! How you doing, G? I'm good! Good, good. How's, how, how's life? How are you doing in this, uh, this April 2021? I'm doing well, I'm rehearsing for Playthings, not a black swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's going well, we're very excited to be back in... A rehearsal room with a full cast. What a treat. Wonderful. And you have not seen Parasite. I have not. So what what do you know about this film? Um, I spoke to my partner, Andrew, about it the other night uh, to not spoil the film, but I had to know what genre it was because mm. I need to be prepared if it's a thriller. Mm. And he described it as a drama with a bit of like thriller elements. Uh, but he said the thrill is within the relationships and the tension that creates. And I was like, that'll do. So okay. now I know what to, sort of what to expect. Okay. But with no spoilers, I actually have no idea really what's going to happen. Mm. And in terms of your general film diet, um, how, how frequently would you be um, consuming films that are not uh, English language films? Rarely, because I struggle to stay awake during films as it is. Mm. And so if I have to also read, I have to like during the middle of the day is when mm. I need to be watching a foreign language film. Well, luckily for you, it's about <laughs> half one in the afternoon. Exactly. So we, we should be timing. okay. Excellent. Uh, joining us as our guest who has seen the film and uh, long-term listeners may remember correctly predicting that Parasite would win the Academy Award last year. It is Mr. Robert Woods. Howdy. Howdy doody, Rob. How are you doing? I am about a seven. Excellent. Pa- uh, Parasite. Parasite. Um, Yay! When, Yay! When, yeah, yeah, exactly. You were very excited about it last year. When... So excited about it last year. And um, I was so excited that it was going to win. And I'm so excited that I was vindicated. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I had so much faith. Um, it was by and far the best film of last year. Like, I think I might have said it in the last podcast, the Green, the Green Book mm. podcast, that it was... I it was the best film I'd seen in like the last three or four years mm. um, uh, yeah definitely one of my favourites so I'm very excited to um, always very excited to show it to new people and, mm. and relive that first time watching because that's the joy of it I'm, I'm surprised you asked the genre when I saw it the first time I did not know the genre and that was a huge part of the fun of it was figuring out just where the heck this film was going mm. <laughs> Um, so, in a vague and unspoilery sort of way, Rob, yeah. what's Parasite about? What's going on? Um, I'm going to say... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, okay, uh, I will say Parasite is um, is a class structure satire. Okay. 
that's that's all we're getting that's all i'm that's, saying all right that's cool. that's fair um and obviously rob we famously you uh you you watch quite a lot of films oh wait sorry i need to go back because i just thought of something that's so much better oh, sorry, go so it. funny if if you know the film go for it um it's a real upstairs downstairs tale okay like like the old BBC TV series. Like the old downstairs. BBC TV series, yeah. <laughs> okay, so just a lot of fussy British people, I'm imagining, going, I can't talk to him, he lives in the upstairs bit. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> well, I look forward to all of those uh, British accents in this Korean film. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Rob, you, um, you, you famously have, um, have a very wide palette when it comes to films, because you just watch every film it seems uh, you you, you um, how many films have you watched today before we got here uh just two right and how many more films are you going to watch today after this um probably just two more yeah so so a five film day is not uncommon in the life of rob well, i mean it's a sunday that's true it is a sunday <laughs> and there's a bunch of film festivals on mm. but in terms of your um your your general consumption mm. How how many uh, non-English language films would you say that you're looking at um, on average over the course of, let's say, a year? What what would you be looking at? I mean, I could look it up on Letterboxd right now and give you an exact number, but on average, I would say um, probably 70 or 80. Over the course of a year? That's, over the course of a year. Yeah, that's fair. Up to 100. Mm-hmm. So that would yeah. be maybe, what, 20% of what you're watching a year? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. cool. So I'm curious because obviously we, we, we don't do a lot of films that aren't um, in the English language. We've occasionally done the odd month where we've done a month of foreign language films and mm. we will probably do that again uh, in the future. But um, what is, is there anything in particular that you feel is being done um, in non-english speaking parts of the world which i'm aware is a lot of the world uh, and a lot oh, wow. of different film industries but is there any sort of one non-english language sort of film industry or area that is producing stuff that's very exciting or could be very influential at the moment oh yes <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i mean it, it all excites me like that's such a there's such a huge mm. huge you can't just lump the rest of the world. But I did, I did. <laughs> oh, God. I'm an ignorant Westerner. Tell me, educate I mean, me. We're, we're looking at South Korea today, and South Korean film, um, there, there, there is, yeah, there's a great film industry in South Korea. They have um, an infrastructure there that um, supports some really, they have really, really uh, stylish um, kind of, a really polished look to their films that's very seems to be very specific in in the films that I I, I see it like everything feels like it's done with purpose mm. um and it you feel like you're in good hands most of the time i have seen like you know like real indie shot on shot on iphone south korean films and even then like just the the their storytelling is um fascinating to me in a way that might seem jarring to a lot of westerners the way that they equate um sadness and um humor together they they have a very kind of bittersweet storytelling sensibility and i think you'll you'll see that a lot in this film um but 
um, it might feel like tonal whiplash to mm. Westerners, but it, it's just it's very ingrained in their culture that it's it's all the, the melodrama and the the humor are, are part of the same thing, right? And it results in some really interesting um, stories and characters. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Parasite? Yes. Yes, please. Okay, for those of you who are listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and get yourself a nice big bowl of Ramdon noodles as we watch Parasite. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Parasite. And by we, I, of course, mean Mr. Robert Woods. Howdy. And Georgia Smith. Hello. Georgia, that was your first time watching Parasite. What did you think? I don't know how to talk about this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there's so much. It was beautiful. Mm. It was just so much. Yeah. Um, it's... You can see why it won Best Picture. Yeah, I think totally. Yeah, that's my sort of immediate reaction to it. It's yeah. like, I get it. <laughs> because... Yeah. It is pretty sensational. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, Rob, you've obviously had a year to digest this film. We're both still yes. sitting here holding our temples, like processing it. What, what was it like revisiting for um, you? I'll tell you what, this is probably my sixth viewing of this film. Mm. And every time I watch it, there are more amazing things that I pick up. Mm. More great details, more, yeah. more thematic imagery. There's just, it's so dense um, there's, mm. there's so much to unpack in it, it's mm. and it's a joy every time. All right, well, let's let's try and unpack it. Let's start. So we've got we've got a, a family mm. who are living in a, a poor part of uh, somewhere in Korea. Did they specify where in Korea? They didn't say. Okay, so specifically where, but somewhere yeah. in South Korea. So we we have a family of uh, two two adults, two young adults, uh, and they're struggling to get by. There's a uh, Ki Woo, who is the son, um, who sort of gets a little bit of an edge into the world of the, the upper class, the parks, when uh, his friend Min, who is an English tutor, gets him to cover for him for a couple of months. And they just move on in and infest <laughs> every aspect of the park's life so that they all have jobs, so they can all live. And at the start of this film, I was definitely on board with with that family, with, with Kiwoo's family being like, you know what? They are struggling. Their house is this weird semi-underground um, hovel. And you know what? Yeah, they could do some money. Yeah, they're a bit blasé. Yeah, they're not very nice about the people, that, everyone else in the world around them. They seem to not be very nice towards mm. them. But now that the film's over, I don't know if I like them that much <laughs> to an extent. They are, in the truest sense of the word, parasites. Yeah. It's they are leeching off off that family. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's um, it's fascinating, but in the truest sense of of a parasite, they're also giving something back to that family. Mm. They're not mm-hmm. they're not doing it for free. They're no. they're working for that family, and they yeah. are both benefiting from this symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the thing is when I, I really enjoyed the first half in terms of everyone getting the jobs. So it's like, oh, you need someone who can teach um, art therapy. 
I know someone, the sister comes in and just absolutely nails it. Um, and then, oh, you need a driver. Oh, my dad. I mean, Mr. Kim can do that. <laughs> uh, and I did like that that setup of, and like and how they started to get the family in. But at the same time, that, that sort of ruthless streak, like the leaving of uh, the knickers in the previous driver's car so they'd think he was some sort of sex pest. And then hospitalizing the previous house worker because of her peach allergy mm. um like i was like i get that you're trying to survive but i'm i'm not i don't know if i can be fully on board with you guys they, they gotta eat you gotta eat that's true yeah i don't know i was just so clever about it i mean like, i i really admired the ingenuity and and the way this film is is shot and edited together is oh, thrilling so good yeah um it's so immaculate yeah um, and it, it just like it, it it feels like a proper heist film but the heist is not your usual oceans 11 type we gotta get 300 million dollars out the casino kind of thing it's it's like a heist for survival mm-hmm. and it's fascinating how it's done in this domestic setting very extravagant extravagant house but still a domestic setting mm-hmm. i i'm just I'm just sitting here with my arms crossed going, golly, this, what, what, what a film. It's, yeah. yeah, I really don't know where to go uh, other than to say, it's great. Why are you listening to this podcast if you haven't watched it? Go and watch it. Yeah, because we're, we're going to have to spoil. Yeah, definitely. Like mm. something that happens halfway through the film, which is a, a wonderful mm. mid-act turn. Yeah. That you, that you it just, the shift in the audience as a door opens and the camera follows through and the whole, mm. I just remember seeing it in the cinema and the whole audience just suddenly kind of sits up and goes, Oh God, mm. what's, what is this? Where are we going? Okay. So fair warning. If you are listening to this going, yeah, I'll listen to you guys first and then watch it. Stop it. Stop this program. Right now. Please, please just go and watch go this and watch amazing it. film. Cause yeah. we are now going to talk about stuff that would, would be spoilery. So fair warning. Let's continue. Because, yeah, I think that the first half of this film, setting it up, it's kind of like, okay, I was anticipating, and I don't know if you would feel the same, Georgia, I was anticipating the second half of the film was, oh, they've got to try and keep this ruse going. Yeah, oh, they, but... they employ the actor <laughs> mum and dad, and in they come, and yeah. everyone's just keeping or, up a ruse. Oh, no, Min's come back from his trip uh, yeah. overseas earlier, and now there's a love triangle. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, I was oh, definitely expecting yeah. more of a love triangle than, like, death because <laughs> <laughs> what we got instead was like a a real like guillermo del toro style <laughs> descent into an underground labyrinth where there was more parasites which actual I, yeah yeah where the, the previous housekeeper has a husband who has been living under this in this unknown to the family um sort of nuclear bunker room yeah. um for four years and they i really thought they were going to like team up i honestly thought the housekeeper and mr housekeeper i'll call him they they were gonna team up with the the kim family and then it was gonna be six of these people running around doing stuff that that yeah that that's like in an ideal world Mm. yeah but thematically that that doesn't work no and i'm so glad they didn't because this was so interesting it's just Oh my god! There's only there's... room for one family of parasites yeah. to leach off this which rich I, I suppose makes sense from from a like a 
biological parasitical kind of thing like parasites don't often like team up yeah. and parasite <laughs> off something together mm. it is a lot of lone survival type things yeah. so yeah thematically it makes sense but it was it was a bit grim it is pretty grim but it's it's also that that idea that um that the the higher class are are powerful because the lower class doesn't team up and take them over. Mm. It's yeah. they they keep them separated and they fight amongst themselves mm-hmm. just for a handout. Uh, I think yeah, there's there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of um, specific upstairs downstairs imagery in this film so and literal upstairs downstairs, downstairs, downstairs mm. which is where I wanted to <laughs> mention that before. But yeah, this this whole idea of um, the that being born into a class and mm. and being just attached with a smell and just mm. having that stink on you that you can't get rid of mm. and there's nothing you can do to progress up or down yeah like this very depressing idea that you are you're going to be stuck and you're not going to mm. fit in and i think that's really fascinating particularly with uh what feels like the, the, for me, the biggest sort of what, why is this happening was at the end of the film when the murders happen. Uh, when mm. um, when um, Mr. Kim, as he's known to the family, um, Ki Taek, uh, played by uh, Song Kang Ho, just stabs Mr. Park in the chest. And it, 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 was, it almost feels like, why are you doing this? But it is a reaction to that, and it's, that struggle. And it, you, you, I mean, you see it building up piece by piece. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's like I think it's just the them. straw that broke the camel's back. In this case, mm. his daughter is dying, mm. and all he cares about is getting his son, getting the keys mm. to yeah. take his son to the yeah. hospital. And his daughter is literally bleeding. And out. they have other people there. They've like put their cars in the garage, like yeah. just use someone else's car. Yeah, like mm. and and it just it's just that final mm. like dismissive. They're mm. not important. That yeah, yeah. Mm. you're getting paid double time for this. Yeah, and and then also like, like and he immediately regrets it. Yeah, yeah. When he realizes what's happened, like I I don't think I think it's clear that the this family of parasites doesn't intend ill will mm. to the family that yeah. they're leeching off. No, um, they even talk about marrying into them with uh, yeah. with. Kevin, as he's known, yeah. and um, Ki Woo, uh, his his tutor identity, marrying the daughter of the mm. Park family. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's very much like that. They like they are thankful for this dumb rich family that mm. they can that they can get money from, and they they want to be them, but they never will mm. because of the smell, because of the the old radish smell that apparently yeah. Mister Kim has, and yeah, it's. I mean, all I can say is class systems seem like a bad idea. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what this film seems to be preaching. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's fascinating because I'm, I'm not really much aware of South Korean culture. Like, it's it's not something that I'm exposed to on a daily basis. Um, seeing that very familiar upstairs-downstairs type class structure in a contemporary setting is, is pretty fascinating. And Georgia, I don't know if you you thought this as well but i found as a first time viewer i was going oh yeah now this is uh, i recognize this 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 class structure rhymes with a certain one that i've seen yeah. in, in my own society yeah totally it's yeah. interesting because the, the director never thought the film would work 
outside South Korea. Okay. Because he thought it was so specific, but mm. he has since found that, like, yeah. no, that's mm. that's what it's like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was really fascinating, I think, the way this film, in terms of the way it's shot, uses uh, literal levels like literal geographical levels not just the up the upstairs downstairs of the house it's so metaphorical yeah so i love that yeah <laughs> just holding that rock at least three times he said that rock was metaphorical and he was right it's it's beautiful yeah uh, it's very funny when he says that um but but the fact that when they're like t- to approach the house it's on this like winding incline that you've got to to get to the house in and it's all fortified and there's walls and then when they're fleeing after escaping the house in that incredible second act mm. uh, escape from the um, the park house sequence, they're running downhill basically the entire time and uh, back down to their sub basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah all it's the way down. Beautiful in the like, rain. Flooded, filmic language, and then yeah, the fact it's flooded because it's at the bottom, and it's yeah. like even nature's just like and then screw yeah, you. And guys. then yeah. to like, uh, Mrs. Park the next day, being oh. like, the rain was beautiful. It's just cleared up, yeah, not a cloud just, in the sky. Yeah, just so and, like, just privileged and no idea mm. like, that there was like an entire community of people sleeping in a gym that yeah, night. Because yeah, of and some beautiful contrasting shots, like Mrs. Park in a wonderful walk-in wardrobe, picking an outfit, and then immediately cut into the center where they're like squabbling over supplies and there's these like government officials and yellow jackets being like calm down everyone calm down yeah it's yeah it's 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 very well done mm. it, it is it is remarkably well done the thing i found surprising was that i didn't find myself feeling negatively towards the park family i think this film does quite a good job of of criticizing class not the individual Yes, um, because it's the system. Yeah, that's broken. there's like mild elements of it, but you, yeah. it's very clearly framed that like yeah, it's the system that they're in that yeah. even makes them think yeah. about the smells. Like that it's the lower it's class more that the, the the parks are just privileged and oblivious. Yeah, they're like, just mm. ignorant because they, they don't ever need to clock into what's like, going yeah, on outside their they, bubble. They have yeah, they have a bubble. They, yeah. they don't need to. They're so cushioned from, like they say, uh, money irons over all the creases yeah um and if they had money they would be nice too yeah Mm. but they can't afford to be nice (laughs) yeah yeah and i I do have to say there's some wonderful acting in this film but but mrs park is (laughs) my favorite character and i I, yeah cho young jong who who plays her is just great because she is that she is completely in that world of hers yeah. and like and acknowledges things like you know i'm a terrible cook i can't keep a house like we see her when she's in between the housekeepers just struggling with the dishwasher that she's <laughs> stacked completely wrong <laughs> it's it's kind of a one it, it, no it is a wonderful performance mm. it's she's she's just so important that I, I think it's important that we don't hate the parks because mm. I think the fundamental understanding of the tragedy of this film is that I think if all of these people met on an equal class footing, they might like each other. Hmm. I think we even see that with the fact, you know, the, 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 there's a romance potentially blossoming between two of them. And like when Mr. Kim and Mr. Parker having a chat, they're generally getting along. Yeah. Like and the fact that they invited them to the birthday party to have roles, but hmm. still to be there. Hmm. 
was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, Kevin got invited just because... Um, the, just because the girl yeah. wanted him, yeah. Yeah, the mum was like, what a great idea, bring him along. Yeah. yeah. So he can get his head caved in by the ghost in the basement. <laughs> what? <laughs> by the metaphorical rock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, rock, uh, God, I, it's it, picking apart this film, you, you can't take any individual chunks, I think, because it's so I th- I th- beautifully why, interwoven. Um, the, the, the SAG Awards, mm-hmm. I thought it was great last year that they won best ensemble mm. yeah because they're like it's it's not just any one performance everyone in this film delivers a, such a great performance yeah and mm. they all have such interesting characters and they're all a joy to watch yeah mm. I, d- I do wonder what happened with the surviving park family members after this i'm just reflecting on the film and we get what happens with the kim family but i'm just thinking about the parks i'm like what what did they do? I guess the presumption is that they have money. They are fine. Yeah. yeah. They bought another house on the other side of the, of, yeah, of the country. Yeah, a different rich house and, and children and they, still had tutors. They went on and have, yeah. and have more trauma counselling and um, more... She tries trauma cake one more time. <laughs> yeah. Someone else <laughs> gets stabbed. I, I just, like... Because if you look at it from their perspective, they go through a bit of staff change and then a madman... Comes out of their basement and stabs it's one a of the workers. Very confusing There's party, a non- yeah. and I love that they they do mention in the news report that the police cannot find a clear motivation for this homeless man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's so <laughs> funny to yeah, pick this apart. homeless man that just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, literally no one is telling yeah. them who he mm. is. Um, I mean, the housekeepers though. I think I think we do need to talk about them for a little bit because we've kind of like jumped around a bit. I just i really loved how this film set up that the other parasites and the use of that sort of relationship between the two of them and it makes sense yeah the housekeeper's there she was there with the previous owner knew about the basement snuck her husband in uh, and they're there hiding from debt collectors and it's Mm. it's so sad and like as soon as you saw that shot of them that was like a flashback to them enjoying the house to themselves when the parks were out and they're just having a little cup of tea and listening to music. I was like, they're going to die. One of them's <laughs> going to die. This is not going to work well for them. And yeah. I feel really bad because they just want a nice moment in the sun like everyone else. Yeah. But performance wise, mm. God, they were great. And I I think the closest I got to not liking somebody in this film was was Mrs. Housekeeper. Um, because, And not because of anything that she was doing. It was just because I was invested in what the Kims were doing. And she was an obstacle to that. Yeah. yeah. And like, and also like, you know, having them, filming them and being like, you know, these are the people and they left dirt everywhere. And <laughs> oh, they're awful. Um, but, but I didn't want her to die by getting kicked down the stairs, Georgia. <laughs> There's just no way she survived that. For as long okay, as she did, For yeah. as long as she did. That was an immediate, like, headset. Yeah, it was... Fum, fum, it was... It was intense. It was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it does... It, it, it is quite shocking. It so yeah, casual. it just, just happens so quickly and casually. It yeah. does, like, a lot of the climax of the film and yeah. the bits of violence that come... That Once it starts rolling, not... it just, like, happens. Yeah. And, but I love that it's, like, it's... Like right at the end of the film, and by then it's like, well, it's too late. You, you've already invested an hour and a half in this film. You're gonna, yeah. if like, if you had the slightest problem with with the the violence, it's like it's too late. Yeah, you're in it, and you want to know it. what's going you're gonna, to happen. You're gonna watch to the end now. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, the um the the Moon Guang uh, couple and uh, how mm. they interacted, and I have to say, Mr. Moon Guang, 
looked like a ghost. Like just that shot of what the kids saw. Beautifully cast. When he's just got the eyes and they they look terrifying. Yeah. And it's just a man who's balding a bit. And we just see just up to like before the bridge of his it's nose. So horrifying. And I was, I was pooping my pants. I didn't like that. And then when he comes out with like what I presume is like his wife's blood on his face. I or, think it's or... his blood from the Morse coding. From, from oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. The Morse code. It was very artistic though. I assumed that he's just smeared it around and been like, yeah, I'm going to look like an awful revenging ghost <laughs> thing. Yeah. It was... It's just a great film. It's such a good film. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, this is extremely hard to review, other than just to say it's superb. Um, Georgia, as, as a first-time viewer, yes. is there something in particular from this film that stands out for you as being like the, the thing that has most stuck into your, your memory that you're currently forming of the film? Is there one bit that stands out and makes you go, that's Parasite, right there. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm going to be just like thinking about this for like a week. Mm, yeah. But yeah, all of those like literal and non-literal upstairs, downstairs moments. Like what a way to describe it, Rob. Like honestly, every time it happened, I was like upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> like, it just keeps on happening. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like, yeah, just the class structure. and For the, me, like, the, the, the image that st- sticks in my mind is uh, the, the camera shot of uh, the parks on the couch and panning down to seeing uh yeah the kims or the kims just like Mm. underneath the table hiding yeah dear life i do have to say for me i think that's what it's going to be as well yeah the the whole sequence of the we're getting drunk in the house we discovered the weird subterranean basement couple now we're having a fight i love actually no for me it's the shot as the rain's pouring down from outside the house, from like the other side of the garden, where there's just six people piling in on each just other trying to get to the phone. The wide shot. Dogs running around. Text. Like, I was very glad... The dogs of... coming into it was very yeah. funny. I really I was really it. glad none of the dogs got killed. I was worried that was going to happen at some point, but that didn't happen, so that was <laughs> yeah. all good. Um, but yeah, that just that whole sequence. And then, oh, yeah, the family are coming home. We'll be there in eight minutes. It's like, it's such a great act too mm. it's like so it's good. non-stop and you just like yeah Whoa. also then... that image at the end with the dog then eating the meat off the skewer <laughs> that's killed the guy <laughs> that actually made me that image yeah <laughs> just like, that yeah. was sensational and also I, I have to say um mr and mrs park getting it on on the couch <laughs> with the kims under just the coffee table as awkward as possible just <laughs> just make you squirm in your seat like, yeah oh, no. but it was but it was so good it was, it was so funny and tense at the same time. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's kind of what I mean about the the, the South Korean storytelling mm. style, where, where they have they they have everything at once. They have the comedy and the tragedy, the melodrama, the suspense. Yeah. Like it's it's all just firing on all cylinders all the time in their yeah. storytelling, and it it's just wonderful. But masterfully done in, in this case. Mm. Yeah, and the sound design that just like under the entire film was oh, so good. Yeah, and I mean music too. Yeah. yeah, I mean we're in a we're in Rob's uh, wonderful home theater, which has excellent surround sound, and uh, this is definitely a surround sound film. Yeah. Um, the the use of of diegetic and non diegetic sounds combined mm. so beautifully, and and yeah, the score was just wonderful. Mm. Just just that right mixture of actually tense and then playful tense like yeah. when um 
uh, Kevin is sneaking out of um, the the daughter's bedroom, having hidden under the bed, and there's just like a little like plink, plink, <laughs> plink, and then you know a couple of minutes later he's getting his head smashed in by a rock. Like it's uh, which was the other shot. Now that I think about it, that shot of um, the the Mr. Housekeeper uh, it's the throwing the rock. Very final blow of the rock on him. Yeah, head. oh, it's brutal. I thought he was definitely dead at that so point. I yeah. honestly, the people that survived in this film blows my mind. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, God, it's an incredible film. Yes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely worthy of winning Best Picture, Rob, reflecting uh, on every I mean, other film from like, last year. <laughs> like, I kept saying, there's... Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's got to win. And and the other films, whatever other people liked about them, were going to split the votes, and everyone's second choice, at least, would be Parasite. Mm-hmm. Everyone's second choice would be Parasite, if not their first choice. Mm-hmm. So, to me, there was, there was no way it, it wasn't going to win. Yeah. Um... And yeah, it's just great. <laughs> I just really, I I think that um that it's a real real bittersweet ending. It's mm. it's it's a really sad final shot. Mm. You like you hoped the film had ended. Yeah, like but a, a minute it, it, earlier. It establishes it's very clearly a dream sequence, yeah. and that is yeah. not the reality. And it's going to take this guy more than five hundred years to to actually get to earn the, his way up. The, uh, to earn his yeah. way to yeah. get into that house. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad that the film had that ending because mm. I was like, ah, what? <laughs> you let you let yeah. him get away with this, and then yeah. the fact it was a dream sequence, and I was like, okay, no, no, I respect that a lot more. Yeah, um, I I love the fact that Dad went back into the basement. Like that's just that was so good. Just such the a- shots of him running with bloody hands yeah. down the stairs past a, like abandoned handbag. Yeah, that image was also just like yeah. amazing, and that moment where he was just like. The garage doors open. Mm. In I go. I gave her a proper burial. I near some trees. I hear that's quite trendy. <laughs> like, I'm like every time. Every time I watch the movie and I hear that that um voiceover, I'm like that's no. When you're doing Morse code, you simplify. <laughs> the speech the speech goes on for like minutes. There's no way <laughs> you're typing this out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like just doing it in the in the characters of um like the Korean characters is quicker yeah. or something. I don't know. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> that just seems like oh that you're, you're going to be sitting there for a good couple of hours. Yeah, how many how many times did the son go back to the top of that hill to yeah. get the entire Morse code message? Yeah, yeah, a nitpick if if anything. Yeah. Look, look, Mr. Kim had a lot of time. That's that's yeah. You know, he's he's living out the rest of his days, hiding in a basement, hoping a family of Germans don't discover him, and uh, just grateful that they don't live up to their food stereotypes. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a grim ending. <laughs> Yeah, certainly. Would you guys like some trivia about Parasite? Please. Lay it on me. Okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. The first bit of trivia. Uh, Director Bong Joon-ho did a lot of sketches of the basic structure for the rich house. He further revealed that when the production designer consulted an actual architect to design this house, because it was built specifically for the film, the architect saw the sketches and said, quote, no idiot would build houses this way. This is ridiculous. End quote. <laughs> but yeah, um, the, yeah, both both houses, the Kim's house and the Park's house, were specifically built for this film. Um, and yeah. that's why they have all the you weird have to. <laughs> the weird geometry, like the toilet on the really high yeah. bathroom level and, and all of that. It was, yeah, built specifically for the film and I really love how, how they've set it out. It, the, yeah, the toilet thing kind of makes sense in a weird way to me. 
about like if there was a toilet if in terms of the plumbing mm. being on on the ground level yeah, of, yeah. like some other building and then it was yeah built down and yeah it's that, just like really cheaply done and yeah, yeah it makes sense but i think you'd be very hard pressed to find that in an existing structure that you could then film in yeah and then flood like two yeah. thirds of the yeah, way yeah. Through. yeah i mean if you have to flood something you kind of got to build it yeah <laughs> yeah but um yeah uh apparently yeah bong jun ho not a great architect apparently <laughs> Uh, this film won the Palme d'Or and the 2019 Cannes Film Festival, making it the first Korean film to ever do so. It's the first Korean film to do a lot of things, yeah. Um, yeah. to be specifically, of course, uh, winning Best Picture, the first uh, foreign language film to win the Best Picture uh, gong at the Academy Awards last year. Uh, winning three other uh, Academy Awards as well, uh, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay and Best International Feature. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Film Editing and Best Production Design, but did not win those categories. Bong Joon-ho, however, was particularly happy with the nominations for Editing and Production Design uh, because he felt that the great technicians and masters working in Korean film in, in the Korean film industry were being recognised for the first time. Mm. They are. Mm. You watch Korean films uh, that get released here and... Mm. They are stunning. They're gorgeous films. Yeah. Parasite was also uh, the second, only the second, wholly non-American and non-British film to win Best Picture. The other being 2011's The Artist, which was produced by the French. Yeah. Mm. So, it's a hard film. Yeah. It's, it's only taken... remember take... when, when everyone voted for that and no one remembers that film now? I've not seen The Artist. I've uh, not seen it, but I've listened to the soundtrack because I like, used it a lot in a theatre show I didn't it, It's one of those... I, th- I think that's a very... A uh, very zeitgeisty moment where everyone just went, everyone in Hollywood just went nuts for that film, and then it won mm. Best Picture, and then everyone promptly forgot it, and it's <laughs> never been watched since. <laughs> Is it more or less forgettable than Crash, the Best Picture from two thousand? I think it's more forgettable than Crash right. because at least Crash was like. So so bafflingly bad that <laughs> that it was worthy of note. Right. Whereas okay. the artist was just yeah, it was just a shrug of a film. All anyway, right. this is my opinion. No, no, that's <laughs> absolutely fine. Just making a note when we review the artist. Don't ask Robert on. He's <laughs> hey, I've got the Blu-ray. Uh, we can watch it oh. if you want. But... All right. Well, we'll add it to the list. <laughs> In an interview with Korean magazine Cine Twenty One. Bong Joon-ho spoke of his experience in filming a hyper-rich Korean home. He said uh, his hands literally shook from anxiety when he was returning a trash can that was used as a prop. Uh, The trash can was of the high-tech variety that stayed silent even when the lid was being closed and cost as much as two and a half thousand American dollars. He was baffled by the cost and was quoted as saying, What the f***? What kind of idiot would buy a trash can that's just going to smell anyway? End quote. <laughs> but I can see why there was a lingering shot on that trash can because... Yeah, that's, the money's worth. Yeah, that's an expensive bin. Yeah. I mean, it's an important uh, plot point and it is the cherry on the cake of a most wonderful sequence yeah. Yeah. Of, of the, in the of middle of the film. The, getting the jobs. Yeah. And yeah. He, it must be silent because he snuck that hot sauce packet in there <laughs> so quickly and elegantly. Yeah. It's almost like, <laughs> he's done this before. <laughs> um, according to the editor, Jinmo Yang, this film was edited on Final Cut Pro 7 
uh, an editing program that Apple stopped supporting yeah. in 2011 on a computer that hadn't had a software update since 2014. And that's how you have to do it. I, I was on Final Cut 7 and mm. um, and I, I used it for a good three years after Apple stopped supporting it. Mm. Um, it was it's still the preferred choice for so many people mm. um, even now I, I had to switch to Premiere but just weird technical things but yeah <laughs> no, no, no. it's it's true like I've, I've Final gotten... Cut 7 is yeah it was so good and it was very upsetting that Apple stopped supporting it I have never gotten used to an editing software since I think Final Cut Pro 3 <laughs> I think that was the last one that I felt yeah. comfortable using yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It happens, but I, st- I still use the key cuts from, from, <laughs> from Final Cut Seven and Premiere. I remapped the keyboard. <laughs> it's like I just know it in my bones. Mm. It's so good. Oh man, uh, Robert, it's time to discuss aspect ratios. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, aspect ratios, Rob Woods. Um, The wide aspect ratio of 2.35 was chosen to accommodate the capture of large family groups in a single frame. Um, What did you make of this film's aspect ratio? Um, I mean, it's classic. Feels like a widescreen movie, Mm. and and also the the uh, I guess so much of that house is built for widescreen, especially with the the long spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm. uh, like he's he's. Jong Bung Ho uh, clearly storyboards everything, mm. and he clearly storyboarded it in widescreen. Like mm. yeah. the images are very specific, even like those beautiful wide shots of, of the family going down the stairs, so um, good. back to their house, um, just fitting so beautifully in in the frame. Mm. It's it is gorgeous, and I didn't even think about that knowing that bit of trivia but coming into it i completely forgot about the aspect ratio watching this but it does make absolute sense and particularly for the subterranean basement level stuff as well it just made it feel that bit more claustrophobic because mm. the the screen's barriers uh joined the natural barriers of the walls yeah. and like Very when stooping. yeah when mr housekeeper's running through and he's got his elbows up against the walls as he's running it feels very squeezed and it's oh it's sensational Ah, what a good film. Um, On almost all of his films, Bong Joon-ho has worked closely with the American translator Darcy Packett, uh, or Paquette, probably. Not Packett, he's not crisps. Um, A Korean resident and cinephile blogger of Korean movies. Um, um, Bong Joon-ho has given him a tremendous amount of credit for their collaboration, especially for the astute way he, he enhances the American English quality of scripts and subtitles. And that, yeah, I, I kind of feel that the the use of language in terms of what the words that were chosen. Obviously, I don't understand Korean, but yeah. um, I did feel as though this the language didn't feel like it, the words I was reading didn't feel like they didn't match what was happening. Like they felt yeah. like they were appropriate for all the emotional tones that were there's, happening. There's a yeah. couple of there's a couple of phrases and words in there that I read and think that that must be a specific korean term that there isn't really a direct translation for and that's Mm. the closest they're getting um but very rarely like only only a couple of times (laughs) yeah it didn't feel like like it was jumping at all yeah it didn't feel like you're missing chunks that's a good read Mm. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great book. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, Bong Joon-ho said that uh, for a scene that featured the mother and daughter, the mother's best performance was the third take and the daughter's was the fifth take. So editor Jin Mo Yang split the shot in half and stitched it together to get the best performance from both. I, I don't know which scene specifically it was um, because it doesn't specify in the trivia which mother and which daughter. But, right. Yeah, some some fun editing magic there. And I was looking out for it. No. Which you can do with locked off shots mm. uh, yeah. very well. But, I, yes. I did yeah. it with my film. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Film magic. Um, the song over the end credits is called A Glass of Soju and features lyrics written by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, according to Jun Ho, he has asked us to please try and sing this song in karaoke so I can earn some money from it. Uh, <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. He's, he's, he's everywhere in this. Like, he's, he's written... He, he's a real author. Uh, and it's... Yeah. I, I think it's so yeah. integral to the fact that this film is the way that it is. It is remarkable. Yeah, it, yeah. you can tell it's made by someone with a very clear vision of yeah, what, totally. what they wanted to get onto screen. Mm. You get that sense in in all of his films. Mm. The film critic Tony Raines uh, points out how uh, Bong Joon-ho's films, uh, Parasite in particular, never stop to deliver exposition and instead builds its story on the move. Quote, uh, I was very inspired by George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road, which this felt like Mad Max Fury Road with conversations and and hide and seek. (laughs) Yeah. That movie never stops, all physical action and movement, it just keeps going and going, but all the background information and story occurs quite naturally, end quote. And yeah, I did have that in the back of my mind, particularly for the second act sequence. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's. But there is a lot of um, setup that is done kind of subliminally. Mm. Yeah, totally. Like just through. Those images of like the metal. And her, the image of her doing the is it shot put? Yeah. And then in the backyard with the family celebrating and then the dad grabbing the medal in the flooded basement. Like, just even just that weird storyline that is mm. never really told. But you just, like, know that she could have been someone and yeah. she, like, has that. Like, mm. it's crazy. Bong Joon-ho was never given an Americanized name like some of the uh, fellow Koreans in his life and like the character of Mr. Park in this film who goes by the name of Nathan. Um, when... Bong Joon-ho first met distributors in the USA, um, they sat him down and explained what a bong was in the English language. And um, according to Bong Joon-ho, they actually gave me a real bong as a gift after the promotion of the host. (laughs) Um, And then added that this caused him some trouble when he tried to go home at the airport. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced his name earlier, so... Yeah. That's, that's, that's perfectly fine um, Talking about peaches Because let's talk about those peaches uh, The reason that the peaches are used in this film Is because of an experience from Bong Joon-ho's life While he was at college uh, He went on a training trip Where one of his friends said he was severely allergic to peaches Bong thought he was kidding um, But when some other kid went to a nearby grocery store And jokingly tossed a peach at the boy He turned bright red and had an attack Even though he wasn't hit by the peach Uh, Bong found the fact that peaches were pretty to look at, uh, but could also be used to attack somebody quite cinematic and and remembered that. I think peaches have been having a comeback in cinema lately. Yeah. It's the year of the peach. In in, in lots of of, uh, Oscar (laughs) Oscar films. The final bit of trivia is about the coffee table, because we were looking at that coffee table. (laughs) So big. 
It is massive. <laughs> but have you seen the size of the room? Yeah, that I guess that's fair. Like, it doesn't make a dent in yeah. the yeah. open it, space of that room. It really <laughs> does tie that room together, though. It's, <laughs> it's like the rug in the Big Lebowski, <laughs> yeah. uh, except it's not been weed on. Um, the coffee table was designed specifically for the film. The makers had to measure the table so that they could fit three adults under it. So it's not a table you can go out and buy. It's not as though Ikea have just gigantic I said tables. it was too big of a table if you could fit three people underneath yeah, it. Yeah, and so. you were right. Um, so before we score this film, um, it's, it's Oscars season. Uh, in fact, the week this episode comes out, the Oscars are rapidly approaching and we've got a whole bunch of, uh, of films and actors and various film workers to look at and to say, ooh, which one of them is going to get a tiny gold statue? Um, but specifically, as is tradition on this program, we're going to look at the nominees for the Best Picture Award for the 93rd Annual Academy Awards. And we are going to try in our expert or non-expert opinions to... Definitely not expert opinions. Yes, I'm very confident. I I don't think I've seen a single film that is nominated. I've seen them all. Uh, Of course you have, Robert. (laughs) Um, So, the nominees for Best Picture for the 93rd Academy Awards. Sound of Metal. Mank. Minari. Promising Young Woman. The Father. Judas and the Black Messiah. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. And Nomadland. So, eight pictures, all up for nomination. Uh, Georgia, which one do you think is going to get Best Picture? I've got no idea. I have actually seen The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh, was it any good? It was a Netflix original. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was quite a good film. I don't know if it's... Having not seen any of the others, I still don't know if it would get my vote. Mm. Uh, Having It's political. It's Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, it's a It's a great great, ensemble cast. Is there a lot of walking and a lot of talking? Um, actually, it's a courtroom yes, drama. Yes, it's a lot of sitting and talking. What? Aaron, walking, so- walking, talking, talking. <laughs> what, what, that's not happening? There, look, there is still a lot of walking and talking. Okay, yeah. but there, There's also a lot of sitting and talking. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's, 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 he's reaching out. He's trying <laughs> he's something new. His I mean, yeah. he's, that's how he's, his first film <laughs> that mm. he wrote was A Few Good Men, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. fair point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Trials of Chicago 7, you're like, nah, maybe not. Maybe not. I yeah. think... I mean, having seen literally none of the others. Thanks um, also on Netflix. Oh, really? Right. David I Fincher's maybe I'll go latest home and film. Watch it. Um, maybe Promising Young Woman. I think it's mm. like a very interesting... I also think it would probably... Not having seen it, but it is the one film that I'm like, I want to go watch that. Mm. Um, so, And having spoken to all of my friends that have seen it, mm. no one has said a bad word about the film yet. So. Right. That's a good sign. It's very that's, good. Yeah, mm. that's my pick. All right, Rob, you have seen all of these films. Um, yeah. What do you think is going to win? Um, the, uh, I'm going to be honest, this year is, is very tough. <laughs> I I am struggling. I My guess would be um, Nomadland. Okay. Just because Chloe Zhao's uh, been been killing it lately with with all the awards leading up to this and it is really captured um a moment that's america right now yeah this is the one with francis mcdormand uh sort of taking part in the lifestyle that people have been either forced into or have been made more attractive um well 
by the fact they have no no other options uh, yes. of people living as nomads in mobile homes and things like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's it, it's a beautiful film. Um, and I, I wouldn't look. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if any of these films won. I actually really this is a rare year where I really enjoyed all of the films that are nominated. Okay. Um, but I I just think it's it's got a, a slight edge. Um, and usually the, the forerunner is not the winner mm. because of the preferential voting system. Right. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case this year. I think um, it's, a, it's also a really weird year mm. in terms of like just how films are released and, and, and mm. who saw them and, and how votes are going to happen. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Nomadland. Yeah. I, I think... Having seen none of these films, I have the least informed opinion. Um, but based on the blurbs and that one honest trailers video I watched, um, I the film that most stood out to me is the one that looked the most interesting and therefore I assume is the most good um, is is Sound of Metal. Um, I, I think Sound of Metal looks like it's quite an interesting one, and some of the other films are dealing with things which are quite. They're zeitgeisty, but they're also yeah. things which are a bit divisive. Um, and that's true. I, I feel as though like Parasite got away with its like class structure thing because it was so wrapped up in it being the first foreign language film to do this and all that all that kind of thing. And I feel as though something like Promising Young Woman, something like um, Nomadland, something like Judas and the Black Messiah are all very tied up in contemporary issues and. Picking which one you think is the most important, I think, is going to divide people because they have different perspectives. Somebody right. might feel that the the biography about um, the Black Panther movement is is really important given what happened in the last twelve months. But equally, promising young woman has has things which are really vital. So I could see people potentially steering away from that, yeah, and going towards something that doesn't comment on that. Obviously, Mank is the uh, the sort of Hollywood for Hollywood kind of film. Yeah, which... that that would be your your the, the artist win. Yeah, um, and it wouldn't su- it, like it wouldn't surprise me if it was the Mank, uh, not the Mank. Sorry, just Mank. Uh, <laughs> the Mank. Yeah, Gary um, Oldman is the, the Mank, coming uh, from DreamWorks Animation. Yeah, based um, on the book by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but um, but looking at them, I I, I think Sound of Metal. I, that's what I'm, I'm gonna gonna. Sound of Metal would metal. would be a. Uh, would be a real underdog win. Mm. Um, All right. Well, uh, if you're listening to this anytime in the week after this episode's released, you'll know the winner and you'll know what film we will be reviewing in 12 months time uh, when we review for the Oscars (laughs) next year. So I look forward to us all watching Minari. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So we've, we've, um, we've, we've picked our best picture winner. All that remains for us to do is to score Parasite. We've just we've got to give it a score out of ten. Georgia, you get to go first. Oh no! What score would you give Parasite out of ten? I it was quite just real good. Mm. I'm gonna give it a nine and a half metaphorical rocks out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I really wish you kept saying the metaphor line. It was <laughs> it's just so good. So funny. Uh, what about yourself, Rob? I'm going to give it 10 trauma cakes <laughs> out mm. of 10. Yeah. Um, Love it. It's, it's great. And 
anyone that's listened to this program for long enough knows that when I'm about to give a film 10 out of 10, I say this spiel, which is when I watch these films, I try and think of a way that this film could have been improved. And I honestly cannot think of a single way that this film could be improved. It is sensational. And I, I think the thing that really swung it for me is uh, when we're in Rob's wonderful cinema room, there are all these lovely snacks, various chocolates and things that are available. And I pulled out a little mini cherry ripe and a mini flake to eat during the film. And I forgot them. They're still here. They're untouched. Um, 130 minutes later. Yeah. I just, I was completely enraptured. Um, So I, I can't give it anything but a 10. It's, it is absolutely sensational. So yeah, I'm going to give it um, 10 hot sauce tuberculosis out of 10 (laughs) um, because yeah, this is the complete opposite of the Green Book experience, Rob. It's, yeah. it's there's, there's no doubt. This film yeah. definitely deserved a Best definitely. Picture Oscar. Yeah. I'm sure the other films that came out and were up against it were very good. Yeah. But... Well, that, yeah. We, we spoke about them in that Green Book podcast. Yeah. And, and I was the only one that had seen all of the films again. And, yeah. and it was just like, yes, but if you had seen the films, you would not be making these arguments. <laughs> this is a clear winner. Yeah. It's, it's just sensational. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so pleased we got to watch it. I'm yeah. pleased too. I, I, I feel like I've been waiting just over a year for this. <laughs> yes. Well, um, Robert and Georgia, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank, thank you. you. And for those of you listening in, Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, uh, the Academy Awards may be rolling around and uh, finishing up for the year shortly, but we'll be back next week. We're back every week watching different films. Next week, it's uh, our Star Wars episode, because of course May the 4th is rolling around. We are up to Star Wars, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. So Best one. A real gear change, <laughs> uh, for those of you who are listening in. Uh, but look forward to that. That will be coming out next week. Uh, and then, of course, lots more films throughout the year. Uh, for you to get those films... No, not the films, sorry. The reviews of the films. We're not giving out films. We're not breaking copyright, we promise. <laughs> if you want to hear reviews of those films from this podcast, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and you can get those episodes each and every week. We're also on Facebook. You can give us a little like there. Uh, follow, get news and updates. And, of course, there is our Patreon. Um, You can be our parasites uh, for as little (laughs) as a dollar a month. You can crawl into our basement and get all the extra bonus goodies we drop down for you. I don't know if I should be positioning myself as the as the high class that's <laughs> in this one. That's that big I think it's the other way around. It Surely. is the other way. Yeah, it is. Surely. Okay, <laughs> let, let me rephrase that. Hey, we have a Patreon. You're the Parks. Uh, please just drop a dollar here and there so I can crawl out of the basement, grab it, and keep this podcast going. Bashing my head against the microphone, sending out Morse code reviews each and every week. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast for all of that. But that is all for this week. So until next time, keep a hold of your metaphorical rocks, everybody. <laughs>